Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the P1 podcast with Matt and Tommy. Oh, did we have to do a podcast today? Yes, because you all want content, especially when my heart is grieving. And alongside me is, of course, the smug face of Tom Bellingham, wearing a Max Verstappen top, basking in the glory of yet another pole position. Great to have you alongside me, Tommy. Two very similar feelings going on right now. I know you wore your Red Bull stuff all year, and then the one time you put a Ferrari shirt on, you did actually jinx it. Yep, for audio listeners, I am wearing a Ferrari top, and it is the last time I ever wear a Ferrari top live on stream. (laughs) Thank you very much. Let's get into what happened uh, in the Spanish Grand Prix qualifying then, shall we? Actually, before we do that, let's share a five-star review from Gnarly Nyman from the USA. P1 clears all the competition with ease and finds itself where it deserves to be in P1. Lovely, easy, compact, beautiful, well Boom. composed. Thank you, Gnarly Nyman. Really appreciate you uh, you listening in. Okay, let's get into Spanish Grand Prix qualifying then and start with Q1. A few spots of rain, an early red flag for gravel, which was, we thought it was specifically for the Bottas spin, didn't we? Which I maybe added to the FIA feeling pressure of throwing a red flag, but it was due to the gravel, which we didn't necessarily see, but I don't, obviously watching live, we thought it was a very knee jerk reaction to drop a red flag, but there were cars going off everywhere. (laughs) It was a really weird start to the session, wasn't it? Because you had that, uh, the, the corner as they come into sector three, uh, the, the long left-hander, uh, they were all struggling there. I think Alpha Tauri looked like their car literally couldn't go around it because Sonoda once and De Vries twice went off on traction at exactly the same corner. And loads of people were struggling to get the power down um, out of that corner. must have been a bit of pool of water or, or something. But it didn't actually rain a huge amount uh, at all, really. They were, they were on dry tyres the whole session. Uh, but that didn't mean that it wasn't absolute carnage. I, I, it was such a chaotic and eventful session for a dry session, really. Yeah, it was slippery, greasy, probably the best way of, yeah. of describing uh, the track. And n- it doesn't necessarily have to be completely wet in order for it to be chaotic, as we saw uh, in qualifying today, getting the tyres in the right temperature window, being careful of that that area in turns 10 and 11, where we saw in Formula 2 especially as well, that was a wet-to-dry-ish race. Uh, and that particular part of the track was just the drainage just wasn't as great. And it, it, that was the part where it lingered longer, uh, the the puddles. And so, yeah, even at the beginning of Q1, there was a, a small amount of, of of moisture there, which which kicked uh, was kicked up as well when the dries went through it. So, um, yeah, 
drys. It was, I did mean to say drys, even though it may have seen, seemed like I should have said drivers there. But either or, the drys, the drivers, whatever they went through that particular part of the track, it was, yeah, kicking up a little bit of spray and causing all kinds of carnage. Uh, speaking of carnage... Charles Leclerc is starting 19th and probably from the pit lane uh, if he has a problem with his car and it needs to be fixed, which, which um, uh, when I was like, oh, let's speak about Q1, I forgot that that was already the Charles Leclerc pain. <laughs> you know, you think maybe that's Q2. Well, that's a big scalp. No, 19th gets outqualified by everyone but Sargent. It just, there was something wrong with the car. Charles said in, in the interview afterwards that, um, yeah, that he just didn't feel right with the car and left corners were feeling really weird and, and so on and so forth. Uh, so just, you kind of have to take what he says for what he, you know, you have to take it as truth just purely because Charles Leclerc is usually a qualifying specialist and to be dropping out of qualifying in Q1 is not good, especially for me. And when your teammates on the front row, so there must've been something Thanks, Tommy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just to twist the knife. Just, just to let um, me know where what could have been. <laughs> but, but yeah, the there must have been something wrong with that car because he was on pole last year. You know, he's good at this track um, for whatever reason. Yeah, it was a uh, it was so exciting that final bit of uh, bit of Q one. Uh, just kept changing a bit. It was like Monaco, wasn't it? With the the just the track evolving all the time. It just kept changing and changing and changing. Um, and we almost had Perez joining Leclerc out as well. He just got through by the skin of his teeth. Um, but yeah, for Leclerc, absolute nightmare. Um, and we but- were live on Twitch as uh, as we usually are when we're at home. And um, we had an increase of six and a half thousand people uh, when Charles Leclerc got knocked out in Q1. <laughs> so if you were one of those, thank you so much. If you weren't, maybe you could join tomorrow when uh, something else undoubtedly will go wrong uh, with Charles Leclerc slash Ferrari. Uh, so in Q1, it was Bottas, Magnussen, Albon, Leclerc and Sargent, the bottom five. I think another scalp in there. One, I guess Bottas getting out qualified by Joe, but... Two probably bigger is Magnussen in the Haas when Haas have looked very good, especially in the hands of Hulkenberg all weekend. Yeah, Magnussen's not done very well at all there because um, Hulkenberg has had a, a really good weekend so far um, and very good in qualifying as well. So yeah, Magnussen disappointed to be all the way down the order. Absolutely. And one final thing to speak about in Q1 Pierre Gasly just decided to be a mobile <laughs> chicane at all times. I think as as of recording, he's got two counts of impeding uh, to be speaking to the stewards about. Now, we wonder what that might entail for him. I would imagine, especially the signs one, was pretty so bad. Sketchy. Like it was, we saw it, was it clearly, happening in front of us, didn't we? we just yeah, there was clearly a breakdown it. in communication somewhere. Gasly just stayed on the racing line. Signs had to properly get out of it at a very high speed section of the track nowadays. Uh, the last couple of corners, so I would fully expect Gasly to get a three place penalty uh, moving into tomorrow. Um, we'll have to wait and see, and I'm sure by the time this podcast goes out, you'll know the answer. Uh, and of course, he will escape any kind of penalty point because. He's Pierre Gasly and he's close to a race ban. So we have to make sure that that doesn't happen if you're the FIA, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, maybe Gasly is just on a mission just for a bit of trolling, just to see how <laughs> much he can push it without getting uh, uh, the penalty points that would clock him over for, for a race ban. But no, uh, the, the science one in particular is just, I know that I know it's hard for the drivers to be able to see now, but 
it just shows how much they rely on engineers constantly telling them because as soon as you let uh, i think it was Charles through wasn't it he just cut straight back in in front of the other ferrari and oh my word i winced during the watch along because i just saw science flying into that corner and i think it cut away and i was like i'm pretty sure he might have just slammed into the back of that alpine there but thankfully science uh, managed to slow down uh do another lap and for science yeah enough to get three and not the only moment of blocking as we now head to Q2, where more chaos, more carnage, more surprises happening. Uh, the biggest one being Sergio Perez not making mm. it through to Q3. Now, we were pretty harsh, I think, about his performance uh, on the on the live stream. I still think it is a poor performance, but there have been these sort of moments of some drivers and some teams struggling more than the other side of the garage. Russell as well, out in Q2. So the full list is Perez, Russell, Joe, DeVries and Sonoda. Um, and it just seemed like one of those really tricky sessions where getting those tyres into the right window uh, was even more crucial than normal. And Perez just didn't seem to have the feel uh, to be able to pull it off. No. Uh, shocking, really. Like you say, he he had the the... Problem in Q1 where he just uh, managed to just get into into Q2, then made a mistake on his lap at Dinny, and we thought that's it, it's over. But went for another run, and it just wasn't wasn't quick enough. Um, Perez really really struggling, uh, and it's not a good look when your teammate is just absolutely wiping the floor with the entire field and making it look like he's playing on zero percent AI because no one was anywhere near him so when your teammates doing that we've said it before but a bad race for red bull is like third because the car is that good so to not even make it into q3 is absolutely shocking yeah on paper that is the easiest p2 for perez you can think of yeah. Verstappen yeah, yeah. was clear he backed out of his final lap as well when he was a tenth and a half up through the middle sector there was a nice little slot for Perez to, to go in there we're not saying he, could, he needed to beat Verstappen but the fact that you've got the likes of Lando Norris up in P3 just kind of shows um, that, that the drivers made the difference more so in this session perhaps than, than what we yeah. see, uh, we've see we seen in, in other sessions uh, this season. Question from one Pablo SF1 and shock, here it is. Is Ricardo going to replace Checo by the summer break? Who else can they put in that Red Bull for the 2024 season if Checo still has a drive for the end? I love how people are straight on it. <laughs> here no, we go. Perez <laughs> in the bin, Danny Rick back, Liam Lawson, whoever you want to say, yeah, Perez is gone. No, he's not gone. Just because because he has these odd pockets of of disappointment of not performing as long as Red Bull win the constructors championship as long as Red Bull are doing very well and Verstappen is winning the drivers title and they're winning both of them if they have got a dominating car then it doesn't matter if Perez has these odd occasions in my opinion maybe the Red Bull bosses will feel slightly differently but from 11th Perez will more than likely still finish in the top 3 in my opinion it's Spain it should be easier to overtake, especially as well when we have a two, maybe a three-stop race if it's dry. That will open up even more strategic options for Perez to go longer perhaps and, and jump a few of the cars. So, yeah, Saturday, not ideal. He won't want to look back on that just like he, he won't want to for Monaco either. But he can easily recoup a lot of those losses tomorrow. The, the 
downfall of questions about Perez that we've gone from can Perez challenge for the title and do a Rosberg to <laughs> will he get replaced two races later? Um, but yeah, yeah, your worries I, have probably calmed down now, right? For, oh, well, it you, could be a Rosberg championship. You're not doing a Rosberg if if these things are happening. You have to be on it every every session and pick up the points when Max does have an off day. Um, because yeah, it's it's really bad. But the reality is when you're so far clear. You don't need that. Look what look what Mercedes did with with Bottas. They just could keep him in the car because it was fine. Um, they had the advantage. The only problem w- would occur that when they come back into the pack, we've said it before. Um, look at someone. This may be an unfair example after he's just had a brilliant P two, but on the base of everything else uh, that we've seen uh, in their careers, Carlos Sainz and Charles Leclerc. Carlos hasn't managed to beat Charles uh, on most occasions uh, and there's been a bit of pressure on him to go oh should he really be in that Ferrari but if they were completely dominating you've got a bit of a you know I think Carlos would be doing absolutely fine and you know picking up the results to help them win the constructors title and then you've got a, a driver that's faster to win the championship and that's what they want so it's just circumstances really when Red Bull, if they ever, and I'm sure a lot of people are praying for this moment to get back into the pack again, that's when Perez gets under pressure because you suddenly, yeah, uh, bad races go from being P3, P4, which is what I think you should be targeting. I think it may be even P2 with how good that Red Bull is around that final corner. Um, saw a comparison and Verstappen was going eight kilometers an hour quicker than the Alpine through that final corner. So Perez should have a lot of straight line speed uh, and a great run coming onto that thing. So he should make up a lot of places. Um, So yeah, Perez really needs to get up at the front. He does. He certainly does. Uh, Another driver that dropped out in Q2 was George Russell and had uh, an incredibly odd incident uh, between himself and his teammate of all (laughs) of all drivers where it seemed that we haven't seen the full sort of run up to it. But from what I can imagine, Hamilton was going for another lap. I think he was P4 at the time. Russell was, of course, in the danger zone. So he had to go for his lap. And it uh, I I am going to. I'm going to say that this isn't completely George Russell. I think the uh, George Russell's fault. I think George, the squeeze, clearly he was completely unaware that Hamilton was there. But at the same time, you have to kind of question, obviously Hamilton probably doesn't know the full com, like the, the full picture of what's going on, but I'm sure he's probably aware of where he is in the session. And to be fighting your teammate into turn one full well knowing he's going to screw his teammate over. <laughs> I don't know how, how team playery that can be when you, when you actually look at it. But then of course you have George squeezing him, losing the front wing slightly of Hamilton as well. That was that could have been an absolute plane crash at that at that speed, and the, him being squeezed off onto the grass. Thankfully, Hamilton had enough car control to sort that out. But it just seemed like such a weird occasion for Hamilton to be having a run at Russell at the end of Q two. Like, how has that been even allowed to happen? Like, surely Mercedes on the blower go. That's Russell ahead. He's currently P twelve. Sorry about the track position right now, but you, you're going to need to let him have this have this lap because otherwise he's going to be out which he which he was yeah i was watching it uh, occurring because 
Russell had just let another car go by, um, went round the final sector quite slow, and letting another car, a, f- a faster car, by meant that Hamilton was already kind of winding up quite quickly for his lap. So then, when Russell kind of peeled back into the the train, uh, Russell uh, was kind of going a bit slower. Hamilton couldn't back off because he was already like, "No, I'm starting my lap," and they were just together, both you know, DRS. Uh, Hamilton had got a nice slipstream on him as well and went for the move. And um, yeah, it's a difficult one because you do think with all this technology now that surely Mercedes can see that their two drivers are the two dots right next to each other on track and should just get on the radio and go, even if it's just making a quick call, because Hamilton was always safe at that point. They should have just said, Lewis, back off because George needs to get through for the team here. Um, That probably from a team point of view, makes the most sense. But because that didn't happen, Hamilton's got every right to go, well, I'm going to pass <laughs> pass him and then just complete miscommunication and Russell, uh, you know, lack of awareness and and just driving into the side of him. But boy, and Netflix is going to have some fun with that clip. Yeah, I do love how drivers in that situation think that it, like it's going to go well, you know what I, I mean? Know, like, right, yeah. like, if you're Hamilton, are you genuinely thinking you're clearing Russell before turn one and neither of your laps are getting hindered? Like, it, it's just, uh, obviously, you know, it's the heat of the moment stuff, but I, I do question whether that, yeah, as you say, I think more communication was definitely needed from, from Mercedes there to, to not allow for that situation to happen because that could have easily been Hamilton in the wall, tire gone and both of them out um, and, and Hamilton not getting a chance to, uh, to, to do Q3. We now move to a question from Jade Knock. Do you think we start to see the crack form between Russell and Hamilton? 2016. History does repeat, they say. That's probably better if I did a pause there. Um, no, I don't think there's a crack. I mean, I joked about it on Twitter, said, all oh, the drama's going to start now. But Russell's reaction to it of like, I'm really sorry, uh, I shouldn't have done that sort of thing, will you know, iron it over very quickly. Russell was the one to see the most pain from it anyway because he didn't make it out of Q2. Hamilton was able to have a go in Q3. I think it'll very easily just be brushed over and brushed aside and move on yeah i agree i think i think this one is just one of those unfortunate incidents i do think there will be something between these two uh that there has to be uh, at one point if the mercedes does get quicker there'll be a, a disagreement um but that one was just a bit of a pathetic mix-up that looked more dramatic than it was um just from the fact that like we say mercedes should have been maybe communicating a bit better with the drivers that they were right together on track uh, and maybe telling Hamilton that he didn't need to to do a lap, but George did to get through. So for the best of the team, back off. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. 
Now let's move to Q3, where it was a fight for P2, uh, because Max Verstappen was just unbelievable, as he always is. A 12.2, just ridiculous, and could have been a 12.1, maybe even a 12 flat if he'd decided to finish his lap. Uh, but yeah, it was a battle for second place, the final spot on, on the front row of the grid, and, and Carlos Sainz did a great job, um, you have to say, uh, stepped up for Ferrari. Charles Leclerc completely out of it, down in 19th. Don't want to talk about it anymore. And, uh, and yeah, Carlos did a great job. Just pipped Lando. Lando Norris back in P3. Finally, that McLaren coming into some kind of form in a particularly slippery, tricky condition, which I don't think is going to continue probably for the next few races that, that McLaren are suddenly in Q3 all the time. But in these tricky conditions, Lando is right up there in getting the most out of his car. Yeah, brilliant performance from from Lando Norris. Science, science, science as well. Sorry, uh, really, really um, great from him. Uh, to to be everyone thinking Alonso is going to get you know on the front row as the home hero. Uh, science is going to be buzzing to to be on the front row. Maybe he's the one that can dive bomb Verstappen uh, either cleanly or <laughs> be the hero and uh, take him out for the uh, the Alonso thirty three. Victory. But I mean, what Alonso's a race we would have on our hands if Signs <laughs> yeets Verstappen accidentally. Well, you'd and you've got Signs, no- Norris, yeah. Gasly, Hamilton, Stroll, on Hulkenberg, Alonso, Piastri, then Perez trying to come through as well, and then Russell twelfth as well. So, yeah, I'm here for it. You know what I mean? Like a little, a little DNF for Max. It's fine for the championship. And my God, would we have a race on our hands? It's actually is that the top eight? Yeah, eight different cars in the top eight. Red Bull, Ferrari, McLaren, Alpine, Mercedes, Aston Martin, Alpine hat. Yes. That is unbelievable. Oh no, sorry, Alpine. Sorry, Alpine twice, yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, Oops, but but, but when uh, when Gasly gets his penalty, um yeah, so so it's still gonna be top six. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So two Alpines. Al- imagine saying Alpine in. would be the only only team with two two cars uh, in the top, in the top eight. eight. That's yeah, that's mad. That's, that is crazy. Uh but Back to Lando, yeah, what a what a drive. Uh, clearly taking our well, I said McLaren would be the biggest flop, and they've gone. Haha, let's uh, put in our jokes on unbelievable you. It's always it's like yeah, your biggest flop does the opposite, and and mine tends to uh, affect them. I mean, Piastri tenth, uh, a little bit floppy. Piastri, Piastri had a been. brilliant. Uh, was it? Was it Q2 when he Q1. was the only... Q1 was the only one that was anywhere near Verstappen at one point. Uh, McLaren looking looking really good. So um, What could have been, yeah. though? I think Piastri starting P10 with his teammate up in third is uh, is definitely a little bit of um, of a what could have been uh, for, for Piastri. I want to mention as well, Gasly, amazing qualifying performance, as much as he probably is going to get a three-place penalty. Starting fourth is uh, a great little uh, start. And instead, he may well be starting alongside Ocon, which uh, could be... <laughs> be great to watch and stroll hey come on biggest surprise probably gonna start fifth once that penalty gets applied he's yeah. on one he out qualified alonso you've yeah. won but what cost exactly my prediction of alonso whitewashing him but I'll, i will get together all of my loopholes for the final end of season uh review on it all uh, but alonso of course getting that damage in q1 when he went wide uh, into the gravel which yeah cost him quite a lot by the looks of things uh moving forward i mean doing a 13-5 in q3 when he did a 13-0 uh, in q2 you have to wonder what really went on there i think that that car must have been 
damage because he was so slow around those final corners as well. Um, he lost he loads of time. He in Q1, so I'm not really sure how mm. he managed to get the pace in Q2 and then lost it again in Q3. Yeah, they were fixing it, weren't they? You saw Aston constantly under under Alonso's car. So uh, it's it's painful that the one race, Fernando's looking like he's having a bit of a, a mare at is his, his home Grand Prix, which is uh, sucks for the fans. But He hasn't had a lot got- of luck round... Catalonia has he? Oh, well, his last race win was at Catalonia ten years yeah. ago. Um, I saw a lot but, of people in the chat saying the Alonso curse at his home race continues or something. So I don't know oh, if he's really? had a lot of bad luck. Uh, he was uh, good I don't know back the, in the full history uh, yeah. of, of Spain, but um, yeah, what I would say is it's probably I probably wish that you know Fernando, if we wanted him to do better in Q3 and not have floor damage, is for him to be driving a Williams because they could have fixed it just with slapping a little bit of PVA glue on it or whatever. With how simple that. That Williams floor is uh, oh, for those that yeah. haven't seen the picture. There's been a picture circulating of the Williams floor compared to the the other three cars we saw in Monaco, and it is like something that you see a Fisher Price toy car, and then you have like the Formula One cars floors. Like it, it, it's so simple. The bottom of that Williams. There's no surprise that they're struggling for pace. Yeah, the the Red Bull looks like one of those. I'm trying to think of how I can explain it for audio listeners. Um, you know those like Flat. crazy <laughs> maze games where you have to roll a ball through a maze yes like pieces everywhere like really intricate uh that's the red bull floor and then the the williams floor is just a flat sheet of paper like there's just nothing there's a little bit of curvature but not maybe a bit yeah you look at it and go ah ah that's that's where where you've lost your pace six tenths off the back Um, so yeah Mm. There we go. That is qualifying wrapped up, so I don't have to talk about it anymore. Um, really glad uh, I wore a Ferrari <laughs> shirt. Tommy, what are your final thoughts? My final thoughts are I am com- feeling completely different to our Thursday predictions where I was just slandering this whole circuit and Grand Prix. And that that qualifying session was really, really enjoyable. And uh, it's got me really quite excited for the race because we've got a, we, a good mix of um thinking my little decent race prediction could be on the cards <laughs> could be on the cards you never know i mean surely with alonso coming through the field perez coming through the field leclerc coming through the field we've got to have some action and um <laughs> look, little, surely surely uh it's a good run down to turn one normally the person in second or third gets a nice slipstream from the car in front so verstappen's going to be uh Lando to under pressure turn one you never know. Yes, please. Looking and my final it. thoughts are still Pain. processing, still <laughs> processing that Leclerc Q1 exit, but it's fine. Tomorrow, a little bit of rain in the air, potentially a little bit of action. Drivers out of position. Lance Stroll up in P5, my biggest good surprise. I am fully on board with that one. And we'll see how it all unfolds tomorrow. And we'll see you there live on Twitch. We'll, of course, be back for funniest tweets as well. And all the other good content you've come to expect from us, we will have it all on time this weekend. We were a bit slow last last time. I apologize, being out in Monaco. Monaco we're back, up. Spain. We're here with good internet. And we'll see you very soon tomorrow for the race. Bye. Bye. P1 is a Stack production and part of the ACAST Creator Network. Hold up. 
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.